0: Hey, Trumpcast listeners, Virginia Heffernan here. So you're about to hear a short excerpt from today's episode of Trumpcast. It is a teaser. To listen to the full episode, you need to be a Slate Plus member. We've started making one in four Trumpcast episodes available exclusively to Slate Plus members. We hope you'll join Slate Plus to hear the show and to support the work we do here at Slate every day. You get no ads on any of our podcasts extra content from other Slate shows like Slow Burn and the Slate Political Gab Fest and all kinds of other swag and bonuses and excitement. So sign up now at Slate.com slash Trumpcast plus to get every single episode of Trumpcast in full. It's only $35 for the first year. And as always, thanks for listening. So, the drum roll is sounding for more indictments from the Office of the Special Counsel. The Twitter peanut gallery is gearing up, but are indictments really coming? Should we be so bloodthirsty? There's something a little unseemly about it. And better yet, who is in the hot seat for an indictment? Here to speculate wantonly on everybody's favorite topic is Daniel Goldman. Daniel is a legal analyst for MSNBC. A fellow at Brennan Center for Justice and a former Assistant U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of New York, Venerable S.D.N.Y. Welcome, Dan.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Mimi Roca has said on the show, and I, I don't—I should ask you if you've done mob prosecutions or flipped witnesses before, but she says that mob-affiliated types make great witnesses because they have already deputized themselves to kind of father figures. And in Paul Manafort's case, we know about his close connection to Yanukovych and to Poska, whose great patronage, these the oligarchs, and the former leader of the Ukraine now in exile in Russia. We know that he was almost sycophantic to them, and he enjoyed their largesse. And there's lots of descriptions of him swimming naked with Oleg Dar- Poska. I refer everyone to Franklin Foer's incredible piece on Paul Manafort. But that when, once they flip, and this is this is in Mimi's opinion, they then cathect onto the uh, the Weissman types or the Greg Andres types, the people in um, Manafort's world. And Paul Manafort was, I guess, I'd compare him to Michael Cohen, but he was the most reluctant to flip. I mean, it really seemed like he was, I guess, what they call in the mob a stand up guy that he really was going to be true to Trump till the end, or or true to his Russian uh, puppet masters till the end. So his flip is incredibly meaningful, I guess that's what I mean. And it, it, have you flipped witnesses before? Or, or Sure. Mimi was my
1: supervisor in the Organized yes. Crime Unit yes. in the Southern District of New York, and then I became the supervisor of the Organized Crime Unit actually after another former guest of yours, Ellie Honig. Yes. Uh, so you have now the, the, the lineage of the Organized Crime Unit yes. in the Southern District of New York. Um, so absolutely. I mean, I've flipped an, any number of different witnesses, uh, mob witnesses, uh, Russians, um you know, involved in, in Russian organized crime. And I actually would separate it a little bit more in the way, but between blue collar criminals Mm -hmm. and white collar criminals, Mm. the people who are the drug dealers, Mm -hmm. the mobsters, Mm -hmm. they know that they're committing a crime. There's no shades of gray. They have made the conscious decision that I'm going to take the risk because I think the benefits are worth it. Yeah. And I am a criminal. Yeah. Okay. White collar criminals often uh, rationalize things away, Hmm. convince themselves that what they're doing really isn't that bad or everyone does does it. it. Yeah. That they have created in their mind a sort of fictionalization of why what I'm doing isn't so bad. Yeah. The blue-collar cooperators are therefore much better cooperating witnesses mm. because once they agree to cooperate, mm-hmm. they've already accepted that they're criminals mm-hmm. and that they committed crimes. Mm-hmm. And, you and that
0: they're eligible for prison. Well, I mean, that, sure. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's obviously that's the incentive to cooperate. Yeah. But just in terms of dealing with I witnesses, see, I see. the white-collar criminals are much harder to deal with from a cooperating
0: perspective
1: mm-hmm. because they have this veneer. You have to beat the veneer out of them, the rationalization out of them hmm. to get them just to accept the fact that they committed a crime and yeah. they are criminals. Yeah, And they're also fraudsters. Yeah. So they try, often will try to pull a fast one over the prosecutors mm-hmm. and think that they can give a little but keep a little away. Yeah. Whereas the blue-collar people understand much better, like, it's all or nothing, you Yeah, know? And that's what you have to do to cooperate. Interesting, so, right. i you know, Paul, I th- Jim, Paul, Jim ma- Comey,
0: I don't know if he read Higher Loyalty. I feel like I'm the only one that, that the day it came out, I just turned every page, but this is James Comey's sort of memoir book. He described. Yes, he says... The the blue collars you say prosecutions are so much easier because you've also often found heroin on a table. The white collar prosecutions you're trying to determine state of mind.
1: Well, after determining whether it's a crime, in some oh, cases, right, 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 you right, know, and then state of mind. Yeah, that's right. Yeah,
0: you know, if this Trump debacle has revealed anything, it's that these white collar crimes have suffused, and even you know, we've had a. An economy in some cases predicated on money laundering and, of course, tax dodging and the kind of crimes that you have to determine state of mind in. And I think a Paul Manafort, Roger Stone styles himself as demimond and kind of evil, and he probably knows he's committing crimes. But Paul Manafort, in the communications he's had with his family, the emails that have been revealed, uh, clearly thinks he's living the life. And that, you know, FARA violations are just ways of clipping his wings and they're not, you know, that he's just uh, managing to get over on the system. Like he's sort of, maybe sort of a Bernie Madoff character or a, just a high flyer who does what everyone does, as you said, and, and, and it has been getting away with it for so long. I mean, that's why we have these representations. Franklin Four says he was suicidal not long ago. That Like this is a real crisis for him because it's evalu- reevaluating his whole life.
1: Well, and it may go to show why it took Paul Manafort so long to cooperate. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went through a full trial, and he, in somewhat unusual fashion, decided to have two trials, which I don't really understand. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any value for him in having two separate trials one conviction gets him to jail, so you're giving the government two bites at the apple. There's no two bites at the apple to get off of a of a charge. Yeah, but it to me, when I saw him fight this and fight this and fight yeah. this, it really resonated with many of the defendants that I had. Oh, because yeah. Because
0: white collar defendants, white collar yeah.
1: defendants, because they just have this mentality that is not rational. Yeah, it is not logical, and they have. Framed everything in a skewed way mm-hmm. in order to allow themselves to wake up every morning, look in the mirror, and go do what they're doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I think that it just took mm. the realization and the fact of sitting in jail for a few months for Paul Manafort to realize, okay, you know, this is not going anywhere the way that this is going. Yeah. And my best chance is I got two chances here. It's either a pardon Mm -hmm. or it's cooperation. And I think he probably recognized that you can't trust this president. Mm -hmm. So I can't rely on him giving me a pardon. Yeah. And the only other course I have to save my hide from spending the rest of my life in jail is cooperation.
0: The jigs up finally. Yeah. You know, as I say, it's still, I don't know if you ever read this report, but the 1992 report that fingered him as one of the ringleaders of this torturous lobby. I mean, his daughters were texting each other about the money we have is blood money. We had a sketch on the show by Steve Waltian about, the walls, are they actually moving? <laughs> it's Paul Manafort's voice. Are they closing in on him? I mean, he's he's an extraordinary figure in all this. And even in its own right, and that's what's so crazy about what we're
1: dealing with. I mean, yeah. it's a huge deal that someone like Paul Manafort, who has been such a prominent uh, political consultant and key f- you know, figure in Republican circles for, yeah. for decades, is convicted of crimes and is in jail right now. Yeah. And it feels like... Because of the larger investigation, it's not getting the sort of important attention that of the significance that it has.
0: So that's the teaser for today's show. Aren't you tantalized? Don't you want to hear the whole thing? Well, now's your chance. You can sign up now at slate.com slash Trumpcast plus to get every single Trumpcast episode, all of it, no ads. It's only $35 for the first year. Go to slate.com slash trumpcast plus.